Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. This is the voice of liberty for a new generation. We have our roundtable back this week uh, for <clears throat> now. Let's our uh, our post CPAC run, if you will. Uh, and this week we'll be discussing the fate of conservatism and the conservative movement. Um, I have with me on this roundtable, we have Cade Marsh, who is the co-founder of uh, Campus Red Pack and the Southern Vice Chair of CRNC. And then we have Chris Cruz, the producer of The Morning Blaze at The Blaze. Welcome, guys. Awesome. Thank you for having me, buddy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing us on. I appreciate you all coming on. Um, so... <clears throat> Right now, we have a very interesting section in, uh, in the conservative movement. It's kind of a, a fork in the road on, on which way we want to drive. Uh, and we have some forces <clears throat> trying to pull us towards... I really don't even know if it'd be a fork if, uh, as much as it is more of a, a three-way. Um, there are some forces that might pull us towards uh, populism and... and the quote alt-right some forces more towards the liberty side and and the libertarian angle uh or the the traditional tea party angle and then um you have other forces much more along the lines of the establishment trying to take us back to where we were even though it seems like that's not the direction regardless of where we're going it seems like that's not the direction that we're heading so uh, Cade, we can start with you, and then and then Chris, I want to get uh, your feedback on this as well. Uh, which way do you think that um, that will ultimately go in the end, and and who's going to have the loudest voice at the table? That's a really difficult question to answer. Um, you know, the way that I'd like to to see the future is different from what the future potentially is. Um, at the end of the day, I think to to the victor go the spoils, and I think that the the, the section of the movement that's going to end up triumphing is going to be the section of the movement that has the most people willing to work the hardest to achieve what it is that they want. And in my opinion, that's the, the brand of conservatism that I'm from. Um, you know, naturally, there's a bit of a, you know, a, a interpretation bias there. <clears throat> but I genuinely believe that, you know, the, the, the principled sort of pared down, stripped down version of conservatism that a lot of millennials, especially, you know, millennial Republicans, are starting to espouse is something that aligns really closely with you know classical liberal ideals, um, and something that sets us up for the future to to ingratiate ourselves into the political system and eventually, um, you know, be able to um, start making actual progress on these issues. Um, I think from from principles you know come progress, but um, you know you can't have one without the other. Is it my turn? Yes, yes, please. Awesome, I love this. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I seen this, uh, especially from both sides. I love the whole libertarian values. I love the conservative values. Now I'm seeing a different side of values that I've not recognized uh, at all. And I think what we're going right now is uh, the populism, and not because I agree with it, it's because the way I'm seeing a lot of people jump on what they call the Trump train and what they call on this the new conservatism. Um, so I see at the end of the road, I see that happening uh kind of weirdly because yes uh the trump supporters and all these people are the loudest right now but at the end of the day is it always ends up on who is uh strongly secured on the principles of conservatism 
uh, and those are the people that are going to stick it to the end. Yeah, I think this is a whole phenomenon. I give it about a year, two years, where those uh, new conservatives that jump on the train because Trump is his loud mouth and he says how it is, they're going to weed off. But then they need people like us who believe on those conservative principles to be like, hey, 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 this is what's going to happen now. Um, we believe in such and such. Uh, we believe in smart government. We believe that government should stay out of our way. We believe that uh, the taxes need to like literally either go away or go to like zero percent, you know, one of those two. Uh, <laughs> but it is it, it's, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be all those people that stand in, in on principle. It's like the whole Christianity. I'm a Christian. And at the end of the day. If I stand on my Christian values, nobody can kick me down. And I think that's what's going to happen with us. I think uh, I give it about a year or two until all all of us that have the principles of conservatism are called back and be like, "Hey, we need you as the spine of the conservatism." If if I can for a sec, I'd like to both agree and disagree with Chris. Um, I think at the end of the day, he's one hundred percent right when it comes to you know the. Uh, you know, the place of true conservatives. And, and that term is obviously, you know, very different depending on who you are and how you interpret it. But people who are willing to to fight for their beliefs, whether it's an uptime or a downtime, um, you know, in the movement and, and how that is something that, you know, exceeds the timeline of sort of this populist wave that we're seeing. Um, the point of disagreement I'd like to take though is I don't think um, it'll end in two years. I think it's it's a cycle. And I think it's been a cycle that we've seen in American politics for a while. And part of it's the nature of the two-party system. Part of it's just, um, you know, sort of human nature. But at the end of the day, every, you know, 20 to 30 years, um, there becomes this, you know, the, the, there arises this this populist wave that ends up, you know, really shaking up the status quo. You actually see this, you know, almost every decade to a lesser degree with, you know, the fact that it's incredibly rare to see, you know, a two-term president's party keep the White House after he leaves. Um, that's because generally Americans just get fed up with the status quo. Um you know, that's not a, a good thing necessarily. It's not a bad thing necessarily. It's just a thing. But it's something that, you know, if we're forewarned and we're forearmed, we can use to our advantage. Um, sort of almost Alinsky. And you see this, um, you know, even with President Trump, he, um, you know, came into office and uh, arguably, uh, you know, and, and potentially objectively, the single most moderate Republican that has run for any office in a long time. You know, many people, you know, accusing him of, of you know, having been a Democrat in the past, only recently changed his registration. You know, and by the time, you know, between sort of announcing winning the, the, the nomination and then winning the general and then his inauguration, you've seen the dramatic shift in and, and the, the refinement of his policy positions. And, you now look at, you know, the effects of that. You see his cabinet. It's the single most conservative cabinet we've seen since Ronald Reagan. Um, and even then, it's, it's on par with potentially exceeding Reagan in some regards. <clears throat> Pardon me. I think um, that if we are smart with what is going on and we tap into... The underlying motives for why people are angry and why they're upset and, and you know whatever else and we focus on educating and inspiring people to make actionable change rather than just you know taking a wrecking ball to everything except for the fed um you know we'll be we'll be set up pretty well for the future yeah so that really puts us at kind of a a really almost dangerous uh point in the road then because while Sometimes I like to say that, you know, populism is, is a bit of a tool. It's not necessarily good or bad, just it's whatever you make of it. Like, for example, Ron Paul could be considered a populist, but so could Vladimir Lenin. It's whatever you make of it. Um, and that really puts us at a dangerous uh, uh, fork in the road. Um, so with that being said, how how much damage 
could be done um, in the next two to four years if we don't have uh, really what we're supposed to be focused on, actually keen on. Uh, Chris, we can we can start with you for that one. I think it's going to be a lot of damage uh, because, again, it goes back into principles. And oh, the problem having right now is the whole who is not like who is in charge is what is our values being represented and that's one of the biggest problem i having with this presidency and literally anybody that i voted for when it came to this election is i no longer know what they stand for i see more of like pleasing the crowds other than just uh hey this is our policies so we're going to stick to them I, so i really think if we don't have somebody that lays it out you know like the whole uh head cruise uh, oh my god Ron, ron's paul's uh son Rand. 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 Yeah, Rand. My boy. <laughs> you know if we don't have somebody that is willing to articulate you know i give it to trump he's interesting he i love to watch him trust me i did not vote for the guy but i love to watch him he's sticking it to the man i like that but here's the thing with the with him is i don't see a clear uh, what does it stand for? And I just see a lot of pleasing his base. I don't see anything coming where he's reaching out and saying, hey, uh, I'm here for you. The, the speech, the joint speech that he did, uh, loved it. One of the best uh, I've heard so far. But I just don't see in black and white that I know, okay, he's going to stand on this or he's going to stand on that. So, and that's one of the issues I'm really having with this presidency already. And I know he's young. It's a baby presidency. It's only like a month and a half or so. But for as of right now, I should be having a clear-cut case of where I know where my president is going to be voting or what, what my president is going to be signing in office. And that's one of the things I'm really, really scared that we focus on pleasing the masses and not sticking to what a conservative value is. I um, 100% agree. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, that's another concern of mine, too, is that um, because he's such a populist president, uh, he will do whatever uh, means it, it takes, and the the ends justify the means in, in that sense, in, in that regard, and that's, I think, why we see... Um, having just a wave of executive orders come through from uh, the first month to month and a half of, of his administration. And that's a bit concerning to me, uh, especially from somebody who I, I like to consider myself not just libertarian, but somebody who is very much respecting of the Constitution and very much likes the idea of why why the Constitution was written and and what it stands for, and, and that's something that, that concerns me. Um, and I see a lot on the right that, despite having fought Obama for eight years on X, Y, and Z, now that it's a Republican president or a Republican Congress, that is A-OK -okay now. Uh, Chris, uh, why do you think so many on the right are just simply abandoning their principles just for the sake of... of winning if you will oh well man come on because we're gonna make america great again uh no seriously uh <laughs> this is one of the most uh it's the most and i'm sorry i'm gonna trigger y'all it's y'all a bunch of idiots if you just voted for trump just because he could win 
um, because here's here's the thing about it is you voted for a person and last time I checked um, a conservative holds its value like it holds their Christian values and we're told in the Bible you know, not to trust man because man is is wicked you know man is is flawed um, and we forgot about something called the pendulum now um, ever since I started working at the blaze and it's been one of the most fascinating things I've ever done uh, in my entire life is I'm able to sit down with Glenn and kind of do an off kind of like off air talk so I hope he's not listening to this uh, and I hope he is <laughs> that would be amazing yeah, I'll let him listen to it but uh, just uh, tune out at this point uh, boss because I'm going to give some <laughs> um, he gave me a book called The Pendulum um, because it's, it's something that we, I'm, he sees right now is the pendulum you know swung and it gave it to the whole uh, Obama. Obama did all these crazy things that conservatives did not agree on. And some conservatives said, wait a minute, you know, hold on. And now we're seeing this pendulum uh, swing back and all the way to like really back where now I understand that some things that Obama did uh, were not right and he did it by hand and, and, and phone. And I see the same thing uh, Trump doing. But now we like praising it. Yeah, because it's my guy. Oh, it's going to be awesome. When you do that, you fall into this act of, I'm just going to follow the man. And last time I checked, man is flawed. So it's, it's not going to work that way. So when it comes to this, I think us and the people that voted for President Trump just because of we're tired of losing and we just want to win. We just have to check ourselves because one of the reasons I joined the conservative movement is because I challenge uh, and people challenge me, even in my own party. They say, oh, Chris, you said this. This is stupid. Why do you believe this? And then not that I'm changing my, my, my mind, but I, I'm, I'm being challenged. I'm like, hey, you're right. I like small government. Then why am I for this other different kind of government program? Yeah. So I think we're heading into a, a real dangerous road. And if people hasn't uh, check it out. Go check this book, uh, Pendulum, by Roy Williams, because it's, it, it literally breaks down where we at right now. We're on the swing back. Now, there's two ways it could happen. This could swing back, and we can become the Democratic Party for the last eight years and just shove legislation down people's throat and shove um, all these weird uh, uh, executive orders where, oh, no, we're going to say God after every sentence, or we're going to... Uh, we're gonna say uh, no abortion. You know, I don't agree on abortion, so, so that's not. But I'm just saying those are the things that I understand, and I think each state it's its own government, and that's why I believe in state rights. That's why when I say okay, if California wants to kill babies and do gay marriage and kill themselves with drugs, more power to you. You know that is your state, that is your little government. You go do whatever you're gonna do. But if Florida wants to you know say no more abortions we're gonna say god after every single sentence and we're gonna do all this stuff then that is florida and guess what if you don't like florida you hear you you pack your car and you move to georgia or you <laughs> pack your car and you move to texas like i did you know why because i there's only two states i moved to is, uh, texas and florida i go back and forth that's it but and that's one of the things that that people are forgetting is perfect example uh michael moore the fat rich socialist this guy is such a is one of the biggest hypocrites out there. Now he's advocating for state rights. Where the hell was he during President Obama when we were saying we want, you know, to states have their own rights and be their own little country? 
Now he's all about all oh, state rights. Oh, we have to start at a lower level. We have to come together as a, as like a Tea Party movement and, and, and join forces. Where the hell was he back then? Now he's all about state rights. And that's one of the things that every single American is missing is that we forget that just because we belong to the United States of America, we all have to be the same. Last time I checked, we don't have to be all the same. California could have these crazy liberal laws, and Florida could be, you know, this moderate, and then Texas could be this right-wing conservative values. And that's one of the things that we're missing is, like, there, there's we don't need the government for nothing, honestly. And the government doesn't own anything. They just give our crap to somebody else. So if we go back to those state rights and we focus each state, if it, again, if the state of California wants to kill babies and, and marry gays and kill themselves over drugs, more power to them. They got my signature. Go ahead and do that. But at the same time, don't come California. Don't come to Texas and say, well, you guys got to do the same thing. Or just because you elected a, a liberal person, just he has to tell me what to do. So that's one of the things where we are right now, that we're forgetting that there's something called state rights. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because <clears throat> I think – I, I want to see if you agree with me on on this, Chris. Uh, I think that this is actually a really good opportunity for us, um, for for those of us who believe in uh, federalism. And I, I I had a big uh, episode on this, you know, before the election. And this is why I believe that that despite who you voted for 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 president, I I wrote in Ron Paul for president. You know, um, despite whoever you voted for. Uh, it's it's about everything else. It's about the lower levels. It's about the states. It's about the localities. It's about the Congress. Um, just about dropped my mic there. <laughs> um, and I think this is a really good teaching opportunity for the left that decentralization and decentralized powers, that's a good thing. While the entire time for the past eight years you've been expanding the powers of the executive branch and you've been expanding the powers of the federal government, now you understand why we as constitutionalists or we as libertarians or we as, as, as constitutional conservatives, why we've been advocating for the reduction of federal power and the reduction of the executive branch because it's not about your guy. It's not about what great things your guy may do. It's about what horrible things the next guy may do. And then the guy after that. And then the guy after that. And then the guy after that. It's always no. about the next guy. And I think one of the, the great uh, uh, faults in our current national mentality is that we, we are so tunnel visioned right now we are only focused on what is right now right in front of us and not focused on the next guy and not focused on uh the next congress or or the next uh culture the next culture that we'll have to to fight back against or embrace one or the other and i think that regardless of of how the next four to eight years plays out i hope that we can at least use that as a teaching tool to the left and even the, some of those on the right who um, who may have uh, appreciated expansion of power under George Bush but now is starting to be a little bit weary um, under, under President Trump, uh, I hope that we can at least use that as a teaching tool. No, I 100% agree, and this is a perfect example, is one of something I do in the morning show that I produce, is I like to bring 
the left and and especially the left because the right you know they're easy to kind of convince because we kind of believe the same way um and one of the things that i've seen a lot is we live in a perfect time especially if you're millennial especially if you're in college right now especially or if you're about to graduate high school and you're interested in politics is we live in a perfect time where we elected a president that um that not a lot of people like even on the right and He's doing kind of the things that I thought he was going to do, which is great because that will give me an opportunity to stench, uh, extend, sorry, extend an olive branch and say, um, no, I don't support that. Now, I agree up to this point, but then after that, I, I don't I don't agree on that. And I was able to do that uh, two weeks ago with this lady uh, named Christy. She came at me and she said, oh, you're Donald Trump supporter. Uh, go get your fake news and shove it up your, you know, where? And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. They're easy there. Uh, I did not vote for him. I did not support him during the election, but he's my president now. Um, and I respect the office that much. But he kind of is, he picked the wrong guy to piss off because I'm going to hold his butt to the fire the same way I did to Obama. Now, she came back at me and said, oh, but you voted for him and did all this crap that everybody does and from the left. And I was like, no, I did it. And we were able, me and her were able to sit down. I even gave her my phone number, uh, which is uh, really interesting because I, I took a chance on that. I gave her my phone number and we started having a conversation. And at the end of the day, we were able to agree that uh, Trump is good for the country in two different things. Uh, one, he's opening people in different uh spectrum he's saying wait a minute the government can do this because we got to remember now we have a, a a popular president so now everybody's paying attention to what he's doing and then they say oh wait a minute uh president trump can do this this and this i'm like yeah that was something that bush introduced and obama loved using or they're still like oh wait a minute a president can do this so that's one of the interesting points that i'm, I'm seeing right now of a trump presidency where we can literally say hey 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 yeah, I agree up to this present, up to this point, but the rest of it is BS, and we should be standing up against all this stuff. And one thing also is this gives us a level playing field. We've seen in the last eight years where the media has literally kissed a president's butt and has done a lot of water carry for him. Now we have this straight kind of link from the president to the people. And that gives us us people that are starting like you, Caleb and outside magazine and all these new conservative brands of, of media, the level chance, because now nobody trusts the mainstream media, which is good for us, which means that now we have the perfect time to teach. But then here's the problem. It goes back to the first topic that we open up uh, this show with is what are we standing on? What principles are we standing on? Because if we just sit in here saying, oh, you know, this president didn't make America great again. Okay, how is he going to make America great? What do you believe and what, what does he believe? And they, what both of you kind of come together on one that one point. So we do live in a great time and a lot of left are waking up. And I surely hope that people on the right wake up and say, and don't fall like this uh, Obama zombie that I call, where just, just Obama had his followers with a little we'll jump a bridge for him. And I see we, we're getting there to the point where like, oh, I'm willing to fight for this president. Wait, 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 wait. Listen to yourself. You're willing to go fight a person in Berkeley for a president that not even knows you personally? You know, are you fighting for principles or are you just fighting because you just got offended because they offended the person you voted for? So that's where we are right now. Yeah, that's kind of the, the sensationalism that has been caught up. That's been really prevalent throughout 
um, not just this election, this past election, <clears throat> but the way that culture has been has been really moving uh, in the past ten to twenty years is that whoever has the you know the the biggest hype, the biggest personality, you know that's one reason why why uh, why Milo became such such a prominent figure in in the conservative movement. Somebody who he himself doesn't even really consider uh, as a conservative, but. Now conservatives all come and, and embrace him, or at least, you know, at least they did. Um, so, Kate, I, I want to get to you on this because I think Chris really gave us a really good point um, to, to jump onto this topic. Beyond Trump, because Trump is just one person, this is more of a cultural change that, that has, has been going on. And uh, one aspect of the culture that has truly been changing, while it may be small, it has been growing in, in, in prevalence uh, in the past year or so. Um, how much does the alt-right actually have on the conservative message, and how much will they influence in the next year, two years, ten years? I don't think the alt-right has any traction whatsoever. Um, <clears throat> and I know that's an unpopular opinion to have uh, sort of as a personality um, or as an advocate. Um, but legitimately, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to the, the break it down to number of votes, you know, the number of votes that the alt-right is going to be able to contribute or sway in any major election whatsoever is absolutely minuscule. Um, there are a tiny, tiny percentage of, of disaffected, non-party affiliated previously people, you know, who have come on board sort of this crash individual uh, sorry, crass individual, um, you know, who, who they thought, you know, sort of broke down the barriers on PC culture, et cetera. Um, you know, I don't think for a second that they played any kind of a decisive role in, you know, in, in, you know, swinging the, this last election. I don't think they have any kind of traction when it comes to uh, pushing for the next election or any set of principles. I don't think they really have a guiding set of principles except for sort of anti-establishment mentality. Um, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, the vast majority of these people are people who want to voice dissent with the way things are and want to do so, um, you know, in, in a way that isn't necessarily constructive at all, um, but also isn't, um, you know, destructive to the system itself. It's, it's, they're, they're being given a platform. They're being elevated above sort of what their level of effectiveness would be in a vacuum. Uh, much in the same way that, that the left has been using the KKK to demonize Republican candidates for decades because, you know, a high-ranking member of the KKK endorses a Republican, um, you know, or, or a, a, KK, a self-avowed KKK member and somebody who wants to bring back Jim Crow laws, you know, registers as a Republican and runs for, you know, some seat. Suddenly all Republicans must be racist. It's complete nonsense. Um, in the same way, the, the alt-right continues to try and push for and, and I use the term push for loosely, um, you know, but they continue to push for sort of this, this, uh, this almost too violent breakdown of PC culture. I'm not, I'm no fan of PC culture or societal restrictions on free speech whatsoever. Um, you know, but there comes a point just like how feminism, you know, first and second wave feminism is something that I believe very strongly in. Third wave feminism is something I disagree vehemently. And, um, you know, there comes a time when something that is designed as a response to something that is unfair goes too far and it becomes, instead of striving for you know equality or sort of a, a, a status quo, it strives to take take the uh, uh, the status quo to the other end. 
so I don't think the alt-right really has, has any credibility. I don't think they have any pull. I don't think they have any, you know, push. I think their, their biggest, uh, you know, uh, resource would just be the, the sheer amount of screen time that they're being given by, you know, mainstream media. Um, I think that is absolutely 100% the only, like, real recruitment tool that they have. I mean, before I heard about the, the uh, I can't remember the name of the organization, but the, the one that labels certain words as, as hate speech, um, you know, labeling Pepe the Frog as as a um, you know as a as a hateful icon. I'd never heard of him before. I'd never seen him before. And I'm about as like intimately involved in both campus culture and Republican politics as you know a 21 year old can possibly be. And I li- it literally so. <laughs> <laughs> it literally had never crossed my desk up until that point. It was only once you know it blew up all over you know, CNN and, and, you know, uh, you know, other, you know, ABC and, and Twitter, Facebook, that sort of stuff that it came to my attention. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, the, the left is trying to make the alt-right a wedge issue, just the same way that they tried to make, you know, the very, very small, you know, tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny percentage of like outright racists within, you know, any political party, but specifically exposed within the Republican party as a wedge issue. And they, they're trying to, you know, take that tiny little spot of of black ink that we don't want to associate with and that we don't identify with um you know and they're trying to paint not just everybody who has views that differ slightly from the republican party i've been called alt-right and i mean caleb you and i've had pretty deep philosophical discussions there's not a dang thing about me that resonates as alt-right um you know but they're trying to paint all republicans and all republican policies as alt-right and racist and sexist and bigoted and homophobic and you know all the other sort of go-to buzzwords um, that they've been throwing around forever. Yeah, so I guess that's I guess that's kind of where my my point of distinction would be is that maybe not does the alt-right have um, any amount of legislative influence or anything like that, but I I think that they they do have a certain amount of cultural influence purely from the aspect of um, how people view the right as a whole um and you know while racist is something that isn't really sticking very well and it it hasn't stuck very well uh sexist isn't either um alt-right is is more of a hit on your ideology than it is some you know some bigoted belief that you might have Uh, And I think that that has the real possibility of sticking with people a little bit more than just say, well, this guy's a racist. Well, can you, you know, you know, can you explain it or can you prove it? No, not really. He's just, you know, he disagrees with me. So he's a racist. Um, And I I think that's that's kind of where where the the real um, amount of influence that the alt-right has is not necessarily if if they're going to influence any any policy or any culture. But there there might be this. Um, this backlash effect that it might empower the left a little bit more. I think, I think that's a valid concern. Um, you know, and, and when dealing with, you know, what amounts to, you know, uh, granted a very, very tiny, um, you know, splinter, but, but a splinter, you know, of the party, um, you know, nonetheless, it's really hard for us to predict, you know, anything that really happens, especially when, you know, the, 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 groundswell you know i suppose that has accompanied sort of the alt-rights um rise uh, has has explicitly been created to defy any and all expectations um you know it's really difficult to put a finger on it and figure out what it is at the end of the day i think the, the best way to combat 
you know, negative campaigning is not to, you know, get into the, the weeds. And, you know, my, my, my grandfather always said, don't argue with a pig because they'll just drag you into the mud and, and beat you with experience. Um, you know, I, I, it's not to it's not to fight back, you know, tooth and nail. It's instead to continue moving forward, to continue advancing conservative beliefs, continuing to you know, deregulate things, continuing to, you know, uh, uh, continue to, to provide, um, you know, the 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 basis for the beginnings of the American dream for every individual uh, that enters this country, um, you know, or, or, or is born into this country, um, you know, and, and to continue to espouse, you know, individual liberties and personal responsibility and to make those our own buzzwords, except in this case, buzzwords that are backed up by, you know, decades, centuries of, you know, blood, sweat and tears that have formed, you know, the basis for these principles that we all, all hold so dear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I would generally agree with that um, uh, for the most part. And I guess my concern is like, for example, uh, you know, you and I were both at the International Students for Liberty conference a, a few weeks ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Richard Spencer, of course, crashed it uh, the the second night, which was insane. And <clears throat> my concern is is how we might react to to somebody like that being there because I think that. While uh, Jeffrey Tucker, who you know obviously confronted him uh, that night, uh, there was a, a bit of controversy on how he how he handled that. I think he actually handled it rather appropriately um, because if he didn't, then the the news the next day would be, you know, ISFLC invited Richard Spencer to speak at at their conference. Rather. Jeffrey Tucker went in there and completely said, this ideology is completely antithetical to what we believe here at this conference. This ideology is completely opposed to liberty. We're about liberty. You all are about hate. You all are about fascism. And you do not belong here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that while I I don't necessarily think that we should give the – the alt-right or people in that area too much screen time, I do think that there has to be a complete disavowalment of of them as a movement and a culture from what we are trying to do. And I think that might be the only way that we could move forward and completely separate ourselves so that people aren't as confused the way that the left would like people to be confused about our, our association in that sense. Right. And, and if I can just add to that, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, drawing a, there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with drawing a clear distinction along ideological principles. Um, I think that's that's a necessity. I think it, it continues to be a necessity. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, sitting on our, you know, our, our golden thrones, you know, our, our, our high horses peering down at the rest of the world and just, you know, waving our hand, you know, at, at the all right and saying, you know, go away. Um, you know, that's, that's simply not going to do it. We, we cannot afford to stagnate. We cannot afford to sit idly. We cannot afford to see the advantage to them or to the, the entirety of the left, which is honestly, in my opinion, a, a far greater concern to, to myself. I think the, the rise of the radicalized left, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that is what ha- haunts my nightmares. You know, the, the, the anti-fascists who are, you know, in fact, ironically, you know, more fascist you know, than, than anything we've seen since, you know, the, the dawn of World War II. It's, um, you know, that is what, what really scares me. The riots at UC Berkeley, the, the, the violence in, the, in, our, in, our, you know, in our streets, the, the counter-protests that lead to people, you know, you know bleeding and, and, and broken and hurt. That, that is what genuinely concerns me. Um, and I don't think, you know, 
and even within the alt right, there are you know dozens of subsections of alt right. I think Richard Spencer and his his cadre represent sort of you know what what we would call sort of the worst of the group. Um, you know the ones that are are willing to not only stick their name on it, you know, but are willing to to take heat for it publicly and actually revel in the attention. Um, you know, and I think feeding that, you know, sort of uh, self interest is is just going to create a cycle of self immolation for us. Um, you know, so the more that we can do to put distance between us and them, and the more that we can do to focus on our real enemy, which is you know the threat of of you know actual you know actual like legitimate fascism, government control over free speech. You know, whether it's on college campuses, whether it's in state legislatures, whether it's in public buildings, whether it's in private homes, et cetera, um, you know, that is um, that is something that I think that I want to continue to advocate for and something that I'm continuing. I will continue to stand up for as, as long as I continue to have a voice in the movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, <clears throat> same question is how, how much do you believe that uh, the alt right will have an influence on the way people perceive the conservative movement? Uh, oh, that's a tough one because they <clears throat> kind of in the media eyes in the uh, society that don't know anything about the conservative, they kind of like hijack it on their perspective. Um, that's why I get called racist. I get called Pepper the Frog and I get called an alt right. And I say, whoa, my accent. I'm not even from here. You know, so like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a black person like you guys. <laughs> Um, and I, I, indeed, and, and the normal citizens that is not, you know, need uh, knee deep into politics like we are, or how the left is, um, they see us as the alt right, because that's kind of the narrative that they seen by others. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with you uh, on when I saw that with Richard Spencer crashes you guys' conference, and it, it, that was a good moment there, and a good teachable moment for everybody else to call out hey i don't stand by that guy and that guy is not who we are perfect that's that's something again it goes back to what i said a little earlier it goes back to something why i joined the, the conservative movement it's because you guys call each other out mm-hmm. fascinating how you guys do it respectfully yeah, that's a good point but it's fascinating how you guys do it it's it's like hey you know no this is not how you do it but this is how you should do it and we should sit down and talk about point a point b and debate and that's one of the things that is missing is um, and most of these cockroaches that are out there, and they are, they're just a bunch of cockroaches. You shine the spotlight with the truth, and they just, uh, they just run scared under, you know, under the bed, under the cabinet, and everything. So that's why I call them cockroaches. And all we have to do, and again, it's really enough, Caleb, but it all ties down to the first topic you open up this show with, is what are our principles? Mm-hmm. Those conservatives that, that stick their, their belief on principles, on the Constitution, on the founding fathers yes i'm an originalist or whatever you guys want to call that um those guys were uh were oh again they were anointed by god and given this this amazing power of of not magical power guys okay (laughs) i like ben carson here but you know it's it's they, they were given this 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 way to look into the future if you think about it our papers are so so fascinating and well written that for some guys with no electricity and no iPhone are able to have this piece of paper stand for you know 200 and something years is fascinating and I think if we just unite on this 
wrinkly piece of paper that we call the Constitution. Yes, I'm holding a Constitution in my hands. Um, and, and, and we just we just put our principles there and we say, no, I'm not no Pepper the Frog. Or no, I'm not uh, uh, an alt-right. No, I don't agree with that. But this is what I agree on. It, it, it's going to make a big difference because, again, we're in perfect times. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the interesting things that, you know, I've been going to church for like, wow, 20-something years. And one of the things that every every preacher says at the beginning of the year, and sorry, guys, if I'm going to ruin this and bust your bubble, I'm so sorry. But every preacher says and starts the year like, this is going to be the best year of your life. It's going to be the greatest year <laughs> that you've ever had. You know, and I think, and honestly, it's weirdly enough, I think that's where we are right now. We're in the best next four years where people mm -hmm. like Caleb and, and Cade and me can say, you know what? Back in 2017, I stood against these so-called Pepper the Frogs and alt-right people. And look where we are. We're in better America. Yes, I don't believe that the, Repub the Republican Party is the best party in the world. If I were said that, just kill me now. <laughs> yeah, I Take pull a punch. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're in a way... Uh, and. And guys, we're not a democracy either. So calm down with that too. You all that saying we're in a democracy, you all calm down with that too. Okay. But we have this perfect way of like uh, Kate said, where, you know, every four or eight years, the American policy, you know what? I'm tired of the damn Republicans, Bible thumping, uh, gun right nuts. No, let's put a Democrat in there and let's challenge their minds. That's all I see. All I see when they elect a Democrat or a Republican is they're challenging our way of thinking. And we have to go back to the originalist, to this constitution that was written about 200 years ago and say, okay, what does this say for us? Because mm -hmm. if we stand for those, those cockroaches are going to go away. All these people like uh, Rich Spencer, all this alt-right, all the Milos, love the Milo, big shout out to Milo, you, you're my boo boy, you're my boo. <laughs> but all these people that are coming out there and, and, and using this populism to, to set up a platform, even David Duke, they're all going to go away. I know it, it, it called me crazy, but I think we're better than that, especially conservatives. You conservatives out there, we're better than that. And I'm going to hold your ass on the fire even more than I'm going to hold a liberal or a progressive because you know what we stand for. And you can be going out there being this idiot liberal because you made fun of them for the last eight years. Now you're being the same way. Come on, we're better than that. And I think that's what we, we as three guys here talking about this topic this is where we come in when we talk to our people i'm in college still when we talk to them like hey 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 you're doing this wrong get back in your lane and and, and we challenge them in a respectful way we're saying hey you know what how in the world can you believe that you know taxes are good for this country and and this so-called uh gap is something real or the climate change is something real you know slapping them across the face with words and <laughs> You're wrong, and then and then move on. And that's one of the things that we're missing as young people. We're missing. We always focus on the stupid little square box, and we always want to put everything in 140 characters. Hey, guess what? You have more than 140 characters. Just sit down, say that person that challenged you the most. I'm telling you, do what I did for for at least a week. Grab one of the trolls because you know we all have a troll. Grab that one troll, and I know most of us don't like to tweet a lot. But if you like to tweet a lot, grab that one troll and try to find the common ground. Because I bet you, I, I literally will give you a bottle of bourbon that I have here from <laughs> General Pat. I will give you that bottle of bourbon. When I, and you're going to find that one common ground. I'm telling you, because once your peace 
that one common ground like I did with Christy and our common ground was government sucks and big government sucks, which really enough is something that uh, Turning Point USA believes in and I believe in. And at the end of the day, now we're best friends in, in a week. We talk to you every single day. I'm telling you, that's what's something that we're going to is literally going to separate us from the alt-right and any kind of liberal or any kind of political party is that if we sit down and talk to them without saying, hey, you're, you're an idiot and cursing them out like they always do to us. Are you racist because you disagree with me? No. You see that? Okay. Why am I racist? And, and that is going to literally separate us from the cockroaches so much. Yeah, just to tag on with Chris real quick, if I can. Um, he mentioned Milo, and it actually brought to mind a, a quote I'd heard from Milo when he was down in Florida doing some events. Um, he, he said, we have to hold our side to a far higher standard than we hold the other side. I um, mean, he's right. Um, you know, if we're not willing to, you know, to self-police and, and make sure that, you know, everybody, and, and this does not mean we for, have to form a hive mind and we all have to have the same beliefs. I mean, I'm a, I'm a libertarian-minded conservative who's, you know, the, the regional vice chair for, you know, the only official youth auxiliary of the Republican National Committee. Like, I don't exactly fit into a, a cookie-cutter box. Um, but what it does mean is, is our conduct. If we can't make sure that everybody's conduct is conducted in a way that is, you know, enlightening and building everybody up, um, you know, then, then it will be done for us. And that will end up being far, far more destructive. Um, you know, than, than anything else uh, we can see. And anybody who knows me on any kind of a personal level um, can attest to the fact that I have absolutely no problem calling people out on their BS, um, especially within, within the party. I, I have, I have um, you know, within, within the movement, I have, I have no problem voicing, you know, dissent and concern and confusion, you know, and, and you know, everything else. But at the end of the day, and this goes back to, to what's, what's written in Matthew um, in the Bible, you know, you go to your brother first, then you go to the elders, and then you take it before the congregation. There's a process before it. So, so what Chris is saying is right. Um, you know, go to your brother in love, you know, find that troll, you know, talk to them, find the common ground and always seek to find common ground. While it's really cathartic to just bash somebody over the head with superior logic and a moral high ground, it doesn't get us anywhere. It doesn't build consensus. It doesn't build a future. It doesn't build a movement. Um, you know, Morton Blackwell says, you know, if you're in this to build an empire instead of a movement, you need to get out. And he's right. We're building a movement. Yeah, so there are there are uh, two two points that I really want to uh, touch on from what both uh, Chris and Kate said. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Glenn went on Dave Rubin's uh, podcast, and he talked about that because those are two people that come from pretty different backgrounds, but then somehow met pretty close together. Uh, in in the ide uh, ideology uh, state of mind, and <clears throat> something that he said that really both of them said is that uh, they have the need almost to feel that they have to hold their own side accountable. You have to get the beam out of your own eye because if you can't do that, then they're they're just going to look at you like you're just a bunch of hypocrites. Who cares what you have to say? I, I don't have anything, because unless you're going to call out your own side, I really don't have uh, two flying bats what you have to say. And uh, the other point is that, uh, above all, I think that we must look at everybody um, as people. And, and Chris, what you were uh talking about when you were talking about just sitting down with somebody for a little while and trying to find that common ground that's not just something that we can do on the right with our own people 
That's something that we can do with every single person. Because the moment you start looking at people as a collective as opposed to individuals, that is where there will never be any any connection. That's where there because it's team red versus team blue. It's it's team right versus team left. And that's not the way that uh, humanity is really supposed to act. We're supposed to look at, at each other as I'm Caleb, you're Chris, you're Cade, not I'm on this side and you guys are on this side. And I think that that is honestly the only true way that we can actually move forward, not just as a country, but as, as a people and as a humanity. Because we're individuals first. You, you know, I, Ayn Rand said that the individual is the smallest minority. And then whenever you realize that, then we all have something in common. We all have that little bit in common, that we all have uh, that minority status, if you will. We, I doubt that anybody would classify it, you know, at, at least myself and, and Cade as a minority. We're, you know, two white guys, but... Um, <laughs> But we're, we're at least a minority in, in ideology and in, in minority in, in individualism. And the fact is that the collective abhors the, the individual. And whenever you realize that, then that's when you can group together and come together as, as individuals who have a common goal and who have a, a, a similar mindset that we can all work better if we are all free to work better. And even taking that a step further, the collective doesn't just abhor the individual. It actively seeks the destruction of the individual, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so constantly fighting back against that. I, you said, you know, the individual is the smallest minority, and that absolutely is true. But it puts into perspective the whole idea of the tyranny of the majority in a much more personal light. You know, any time that anything is committed by a majority that directly disenfranchises even one individual minority, and my, by minority, I mean single person you know, of their rights, um, you know, unjustly, then it is 100%, you know, not in, it, it, it's not uh, in sync with what it is I believe and what it is I believe that the conservative movement stands for um, and what it is that I believe the Republican Party stands for. So I think 100% that's accurate. Uh, Chris, <clears throat> I want to go to you now. Uh, Ronald Reagan said that the heart and soul of conservatism is libertarianism. Um, and to, for, you know, as a, as a libertarian, that's something that, that can, that can speak to somebody like me. Um, I think the message behind that quote in and of itself is that conservatives generally believe, at least in a traditional sense, a traditional conservative sense, conservatives believe in liberty and conservatives believe in individualism and individual freedom, individual responsibility, maximum freedom and maximum responsibility. Um, And I think that that's something that we really have to try to redefine moving forward. How well do you think we can move, we can uh, define that and move forward uh, in the coming years with, with, with or without Trump? Okay. So here, sorry. Here's the thing. It goes back to what I said a couple of minutes ago. Is we cannot rely on a person. A person is flawed. You know, we're a bunch of sinners. Um, So we can't do it with Trump. As much as we'll want to do it, we can't do it with Trump. Trump is just a pawn in this big uh, game I like to call America. 
Okay. <laughs> and the way we could do this moving forward, and the way we can we can make that quote a true thing is finding common grounds with a person you dislike the most, or find a common ground with a person you disagree the most. Um, I was able to see this when I sat down with a gay Muslim Pakistani immigrant. Uh, his name is Rias Patel. Uh, and if you all listen to Glenn Beck, you know now they've become this like best friend thing. Really yeah, I, I think I've I think I've heard him on the program before. Yeah, Rias Patel, love love the guy. Big shout out to him. He's he's an amazing person. I thought I was not able to find a common ground with this person, and until I was able to sit down with this person, Rias Patel, and be like. Huh, and and you gotta see it from my perspective. I'm a person that likes to jokes around a lot. I do a lot of weenie jokes and fart jokes in my program uh, every morning, and that's how we bring uh, uh, people together by just joking around, satire and comedy. And that's like the best combination I could give because I'm a funny guy, uh, and I'm a funny looking guy. And and one common ground I saw is at the end of the day, we just want government to get the hell out of our way, just get out of my way, and. And we want that, but not all people see it the way us uh, see it. Where that means that small government and 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 the, all these little things that we believe in. Uh, when I sat down with him, and I find my common ground with him was that he just wanted a better life for his husband and his child. And that is the same. That is the same thing that I want for my family. I don't have a husband. Okay. Um, but I do have a son and when I saw that and I, I was listening to him talk it's like man that's how I want to live my life I want to live my life for, for to give the op same opportunities I had to my son so so when at the end of the day the way we find this libertarian values in all of us is you always go down to the root cause it okay so this person likes abortion okay fine you know okay but ask him about a, a a budget amendment you know do you agree that the government should be hold, held responsible to pay their own bills because last time i checked if i don't pay my bill within 30 days i get a letter on the mail that says hey hey pay your bills you know so we always start with that one thing me and doc always start with that one thing do you agree that the government should be held responsible on their bills and there's a crazy uh expenditure from the government that right there will get literally about 99% of the country because that that's where you get personal. You know, don't start talking about, hey, should gay people get married or should we stop abortion? That, that's down the road. That's down the road. Focus right now on what is hurting the country. What is hurting the country? Jobs. Okay. So how can we unite people about jobs? Well, let's get rid of tariffs or, or, or let's, let's, let's lower our corporate taxes down so Americans can um, bless you, Cade. Bless you. Um, I saw you. Nobody. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, uh, and 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 once we get in in those kind of perspective of hey, you know, let's boil down to the one thing we agree on. And oh man, America is going to flourish so much. But one thing that we all have to stand on is we have to all, with one voice, have to say, government, get the hell out of my way. Government is not supposed to be there to stop us. Government is supposed to help us, and this is how they help us get the hell out of our way. We are America. America, America. He, here's the thing. This is coming from a Puerto Rican, guys. You know, my country is so freaking weird because yes, we belong to the United States, but we act like freaking Cuba and we act like the socialists. And we, trust me, we tried this whole 
uh, one single payer uh, healthcare system, we're the freak. We're about to file for bankruptcy. It, it, one thing that I just saw a couple minutes ago was that a, the Puerto Rico, beautiful headline that I saw. Puerto Rico just put a bid to build a wall on this country. I was like, that's fascinating. You put a bid in the government to put that wall? That's fascinating. That means that Puerto Rico is, is trying to make it and say, you know what? All this wall talk, let's put a bid on that and, and we'll take care of the wall. You know, th that's what we're here for. We're here to, to literally flourish. And people say, oh, but we need the government to do that. No, we don't, guys. Here's the best thing. This is the only thing you need. The only thing in the world you need. You need this piece of paper that I call the Constitution. You, 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 you grab the Constitution. You read it. And that tells you what you can and cannot do. Okay, well, what the government can and cannot do. But it gives you a, a nice blueprint. And, 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 and if you dive yourself into that paper and you be like, okay, I can do this. Okay, the government can stop. Okay, cool. All right, now government get the hell out of my way. Stop these regulations. Stop all this nonsense of taxes. You know, let us do our thing because I'm telling you, if we get regulations out and, and Trump, I'm, I'm talking to you, Trump, President Trump, I'm talking to you. If you get the hell out of my way, us little people, us the millennials are going to back you up so far and we're going to elect the next i'm telling you if republicans are listening especially if you hold some damn power in this in this government if you just say you know what let's little people let's little people do something you know just give us two years you know because that, that's a that's a quick time in government two years that's like a week for us but if the government's if for two weeks you say you know what just like we say to god god you take the wheel and you got my life if America does that, if America takes the wheel and government says, you know what, America, here you go. You drive this American car and, 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 and you get on the road and you start flourishing. Oh, my God. The amount of power we're going to gain, the amount of money we're going to get because we want to flourish. And every time a company or a person gets stopped, it's not because somebody tried to steal their idea. It's because the government said no. You can't do that. Where's my cut? I need my cut. Okay, here's your cut. The next thing you know, you're paying, uh, you're paying another government. And by the end of it, you're like, well, I got no money. And my invention just got taken by the government because I had to follow these paperwork. Oh, man. If the government, and this is one thing I've been starting to live in the last two weeks. And this goes for you, your family, uh, your job, your, your anything in life. If you just tell people, get the hell out of my way, let me do my thing. As long as you're not breaking any laws or harming others, you are going to flourish so much because this is all we need. All we need is somebody to give us this, this boost of confidence because America is dead. In the last eight years, we us conservatives have just beaten down so damn hard of, oh, you cannot do this. Oh, you're not nobody. Oh, you, you can't do this. But now that we have that voice, and I say that in quotes, because most of our values are not represented as I want it to be represented. But now that we have this platform, you know, the, the Ted Cruz, the, the Rand Paul, the Ron Paul, uh, the Marco Rubio's, all these guys that ran for president that were 100% better than the guy we got up uh, on top right now. But okay, I, I, I'll, I'll digress on that. But all these 16 people that ran should be taught, except for Mike Huckabee. Mike Huckabee, go climb on their rock uh, for all these people that that ran you know the carly furinas all these people should be literally still carrying our flag and saying you know what get out of our way because this is one again it goes back to what i said earlier this is one of the best times we live in because 
we are at the right time everything happens for a reason but i think we i believe that we're on the right time in power so we could unite all these people and say okay it's okay for you to be a democrat you know we all can't be perfect like me but <laughs> we agree that the government when it gets bigger like this and you give the pen and the phone to the other side it sucks don't it oh yeah okay so how about we do this how about we remove that pen and that phone and and try to swing the podium into the middle where he does some things that he, you agree on and he does some things that I agree on. If we do that, oh man, America is going to be so great. I'm just passionate about this damn country. I just want to see it succeed. <laughs> if we manage to pull that off, I might actually get tired of winning. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and, and if you think about it, that's one of the reasons a lot of people elected Trump. There's a lot of Democrats voted for Trump, you know. Oh, sorry. People just wanted to for 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 government to drain the swamp and win again. And how do we win? We don't win with freaking Trump in our bag. We don't because then that makes it look like an Obama zombie. We don't want to be an Obama zombie. We just want to. Be, okay, President Trump. All right, we'll see you in four years. You do your thing. You know, represent like he said in in the in the, in the joint session. I'm here to represent America. He does not represent the world. He represents America. Last time I checked, we elected a president of the United States, not a president of the world. So if we want President Trump to get us tired of winning, this is what he needs to do. Get the hell out of my way. A new GOP Congress and, and GOP Senate and House, you all need to get out of that way. You had two years in the Trump presidency, I mean, in the Obama presidency to get stuff done. Oh, we can't get it done because we got a bully up there. Well, guess what? Now you have another person. You control the house. You can control most of the states. You control the government. So what are you going to do? Are you going to start shoving regulations on our throat? No. Just get the hell out of our way. Uh, Cade, same, same uh, general idea. Uh, how does conservatism get the idea with joining back in in the same mold, in the same fashion of of traditional conservatism and libertarianism uh, moving forward into the future? Well, obviously, we just have to start with the Republican Party listening to me at all times, because I think we'd be on the right track <laughs> if they did. Of course. I see Chris cracking up, but his, his mic is muted. Um, it's, it, there's, there's a lot. We have a lot of work to do, um, and there's no, there's no mistaking that. Um, you know, there are Republican tendencies, which I vehemently disagree with. And, and I've been, you know, fairly vocal about those in the past. And, you know, I'll continue to, to do so. Big government is not a thing. You know, I, I'm not, you know, generally in principles, unless an incredibly compelling case can be brought before me, not a fan of any kind of subsidies, um, you know, of, of any industry whatsoever. And, and, you know, these are sort of niche issues, but they represent, you know, an ideological difference between me as a leader within the party and the party itself. What it does not, you know, uh, demonstrate is is cognitive dissonance or tearing within the organization. Um, at the end of the day, you have to look at what amounts to an incredible gen, uh, uh, age age gap, demographic gap within the GOP. Um, I think that our victory is not one that's going to be won in the next year or two years or four years or eight years. I think it's one that's going to be won over the course of my lifetime. Um, and it's going to be one, and, and Caleb, you and I have talked about this in the past, you know, there, there's a difference between people who stand on principle and people who advocate for progress. You can't have um, anything holistic without an equal portion of the two. I happen to be on the side of always pushing for progress. I'm a huge fan of incremental progress. I would much rather have half of what I want than none of it, um, you know, and then continue to repeat that process over and over and over again. 
um, you know, when persistence pays off, you end up getting closer and closer to those conservative values, those true. And, and I, you know, libertarianism has sort of a, a weird um, uh, connotation in most Republicans ears. Um, you know, they think about and, and I hate to bring this up again, but the Libertarian National Convention, when God bless him, the chair of the party stripped naked on stage, like more power to you. Thank you for demonstrating that, you know, some of the core principles of the Libertarian Party allow you to do things like that. But it doesn't help your marketability. And so what I continue to try and draw this back to is not a party basis, but an ideological basis, going back to what it is to be a classic liberal, a classical liberal, um, you know, which is where the term libertarianism is defined. And the left has hijacked the term liberal, and it's it's more or less beyond repair at this point, but that doesn't stop the fact that those things, those 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 core principles, the 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 leaning on, you know, on, on government as a framework in order to secure rights, a government as a tool of the governed, not as a as a as a overlord or as a master, um, you know, uh, uh, whether it's de Tocqueville or whether it's it's um, uh, John Locke, you know, the, the 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 vast range of ideological, you know, beliefs within those silos. You know, uh, there's there's tons of you know, room for interpretation there, but at the end of the day, it all boils down to the same core principles that the Republican Party has espoused forever, and that we have strayed from in the past. Um, you know, there's no mistaking that: individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government. Boom, boom, boom. Three core pillars of what it is to be both a libertarian a, and a classic liberal and and a Republican. Um, you know, what what needs to happen in the next 10 to 20 years. 30 years, 40 years, as long as I'm involved in this shenanigans, um, is bringing what the Republican Party is back into line completely with what it is that we are um, saying that we stand for. And once we reach parity on those two, I think is when we're going to experience the, the wellspring of success that we need to see. And I think it's our generation. It's, it's the, you know, the 18 to 25-year-olds that are going to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I completely uh, yeah, I, I agree completely with the notion. agree with the notion that um that um a party is just a, tool. a party is just a tool <laughs> and i i don't think I, that I don't think that you necessarily have you to necessarily have to you know go run as a libertarian run as just a libertarian. to be considered a libertarian, considered a libertarian. I, I totally believe that it's it's a vehicle you know, both the libertarian yeah. party and the republican party and the republican party and uh, and, and, uh, and i i, I, I would absolutely would vote for absolutely libertarian, vote for if, libertarian if, if that's who I believe that's was I believe the, best was the best candidate. But at candidate, the same time, I don't think that any particular party any particular party owns my vote. Owns I think my vote. everyone, I think everyone, everyone has, to has to earn it. I I I'm not about this. I'm going to vote for a Democrat if I if I believe that that Democrat was going to espouse limited government principles and um. And, um, and uh, defend the Constitution. Uh, defend the Constitution. I, I would have been fine with that. I, I would have been uh, fine the closest with thing I think uh, that, thing I think to, that uh, came was, uh, to I that came was, was uh, with Jim was, Webb. Uh, with Jim Webb. Granted, he wasn't anywhere Granted, close he to wasn't anywhere the Democratic close nomination because the Democratic Party is so far left that that could never happen. But uh, I want to get both of your reactions. Both of your reactions. What's the best What's the thing best that you thing both that you see in the next in four the next to, four um, to eight, years. eight years? And this is kind of a two-part uh, question. Four to eight years, and then 
yeah. beyond that beyond that for the conservative for the conservative and we can start with cage and we can start with cage um well so something that has actually sort of resonated with me since i first heard it at at um now president trump's uh, acceptance of the republican nomination um in cleveland is something that literally nobody is talking about and it's something that has me pumped on like a purely philosophical basis there's no political expediency to it it's just it it's it's awesome and it is um it's advocating for the unmuzzling of um churches and educational institutions 501c3 instead of using tax status you know as a, as a bludgeoning instrument to keep to, to, to muzzle pastors and to muzzle churches and to muzzle congregations from espousing their political beliefs instead allowing them um, you know to, to 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 you know completely embrace you know what it is to have you know full rights to free speech without the risk of losing the entirety of their financial basis um, it's something that he actually spoke on for like two or three minutes then and then I've heard echoed a couple times since then I haven't seen any major movement towards legislation on it it may be something where they're biding their time or coming on the pipeline, but just the fact that there's a conversation about it has me really pumped. My dad's a pastor. I grew up in a very Christian home. Um, you know, I was homeschooled for uh, a short period of time. So, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, I, I always saw the struggle that my dad and the boards, et cetera, were, were going through when it came to what it is they are and are not allowed to say, what would put them in danger and what wouldn't. Um, you know, so that that's something that's, you know, very specific, um, you know, that, that sort of has my interest peaked. Going forward, though, um, you know, I think the real victory for us out of out of President Trump, um, he could do absolutely nothing from now until the end of his presidency. You know, he could do a, a lot of really bad stuff between now and the end of his presidency, and we would still come out ahead in the long game because I think we finally have the infrastructure in place to take advantage of what looks like a four to eight year breather. We have time to recruit. We have time to train. We have time to educate. We have time to build coalitions. We have time to to lay an actual game plan, not for winning the next election, not fighting and winning the battle, but instead for dominating over the course of an entire campaign, winning the war. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm recently involved in politics. I've been in politics just a little over two years now, um, you know, uh, uh, in, at any kind of a demonstrable level, maybe three years. Um, you know, and the fact that, you know, I've been able to get to where I am in three years, the, the idea of having four years with which to plot for more or less conservative world domination just has me so incredibly pumped. Um, I, 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 I'm having a hard time really, you know, explaining it. Um, other than then, you know, the, the massive groundswell we saw specifically in Florida, but across the country, you know, we recruited, you know, almost 80,000 new college Republicans um, in Florida, which is like four times the size of the people that I had, you know, to begin with. We, we literally quintupled the size of the organization in like a three month period. Um, you know, being able to take those victories, not just in Florida, but in other states and across the country and channel them into something productive, channel them into developing more people like me, more people like you, Caleb, more people like Chris, more people like, you know, any number of the dozens and dozens of incredibly close colleagues and friends that I've been able to gain over the last few years, train people to be able to go out and do their own work to, to invest in their own passions into what it is you know, that matters to them, the specific issues, whether that's pro-life, whether that's, you know, you know, pro-second amendment, whether that's, you know, whatever, whatever their specific calling is and be able to focus in and develop and train and hone their skills and then turn them loose in 20, 2018 and 2020, um, you know, to do the same thing, not just to win that campaign, but instead to win hearts and minds. Okay. This is what we have to do. Grab those ideas, those good ideas, and take the American... Uh, experiment to another country. Oh, that's impossible to do. Hey, if guys with wooden teeth 
and 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 no technology in 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 the 1700s can do it so can we we live in a world where there's so much technology and 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 there's so much we could do with with just our fingers you know at where's uh one of my old bosses uh, he he also says this we're seven people removed from knowing everybody in the world think about that seven people removed from knowing everybody in the world so that means if seven people share this podcast and those seven people seven of their people share the part and it just keeps trickling down you know like this whole mark uh 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 marketing pyramid that we all want to work on you know if everybody does that exactly you got it Kate. um if everybody does that and and just takes a little minute of the failure i mean of the uh, success and learn from the failures because i think that's what we're missing we're missing that we have to learn from our failures and here's a big failure uh the last 30 years have been a big failure in this country yes i'm including there jeb bush i'm jeb bush <laughs> he was a failure for florida so yeah i'll include him <laughs> in here um but uh, i include uh, all the include- again with the pulls of the punches man come on <laughs> <laughs> um you know we've been a country that have not learned from its mistakes in 30 years so this is our time this is chris's caleb and kate's time this is our time to say you know what our parents and our grandparents did not learn they're a bunch of goofballs you know they just want to go and smoke the doobie that's fine you know let them smoke the doobie but here's the thing us as the next generation that's going to be in charge what we need to do is learn from our parents and be like hey let's learn from the mistake of the American experiment because this is still an experiment this all tomorrow could go down and we'll just I don't know what's worse than this anyways but like if we just learn from our mistakes I think we're just gonna be so much better so I'm hopeful that my generation this so-called millennial generation you know we, we say you know what and a lot of them are doing it. A lot of them saying, you know, I'm a libertarian, which I love when I hear these people saying, oh, I'm a libertarian. Oh, we all libertarian. Deep down, we all are because we just want to do. We just want to create. We just want to do anything we want to do. The only problem is we got government, you know, down our throats and you can't do it. But at the end of the day, I just want us to say, you know what? We're all people. We're all American. We're all American first. And at the end of the day, all we want is to be successful and bring a little bit of happiness into our families. So I am very, very open to seeing what the next four to eight years has for us. And my charge is to us conservative movement. Because forget about those old men. Forget about Glenn Beck. Forget about Sean Hannity. Forget about Sean Spicer. Forget about all these people that are in power right now. They're just only in power for the next four to eight years. And if the way Trump is doing it by just barking down orders, only four years of Trump. He just needs to get out of our way. And I'll see eight years of him. All he has to do is just get out of our way. Um, But... We just have to focus on colleges. Colleges right now are just infested with this cancer of liberals and safe spaces. And you can't say this because you offended me and I'm going to go cry to my mommy. Get over yourself, people. Stop being so damn insecure. Grab your freaking cojones and just live your life. Because if you think high school... And college is bad now. Just wait until you hit the real world. It's going to slap you in the face. 
the one problem we're having in this country is we have so many safe spaces that when people leave the colleges and the cuddle little bubble they're on right now, they just go and, and, and get this hypersensitive and I just want to die and I'm going to color my, my, my hair pink and I'm going to be purple and I'm a feminazi and I'm going to kill you. No, we have to stop. The biggest problem is that we just want to welcome everybody and be all inclusive. Well, guess what? We're not made like that way. Some people fail. Some people are success. But guess what? The only person stopping you from being success is yourself. Because if you cuddle yourself in this damn safe space, you're just going to just not do anything and just go in your mom's basement, smoke a doobie, and just become a troll and this fat person. In the, no, we can't be like that because that's not who we are. This is who we are. We are the people that take one stupid cup. See this cup right here. We take this cup and say, how many uses can I can I get from this cup? Okay, I could get two. Well, maybe if I put a straw, I could get three. Maybe if I put a spoon, I could get four. And just invent and push our boundaries. We stopped creating and we stopped pushing our boundaries. We stopped being this, this, uh, this uh, Steve Jobs. We stopped being Bill Gates. We stop being all these people that just want to do. And all we're doing is just waiting for the next command from the person who's on top. Oh my God, we've become zombies. Who are we? We no longer think for ourselves. We expect somebody to tell us, hey, you wore this America Great Again hat and go to a rally and, and, just, and just hold this sign and say, oh, I'm going to make America Great Again. No, that's not how you make America Great Again. You know how you make America Great Again? You go make America Great Again by helping your fellow man, by going outside the door and say, hey, and knock at the door and say, how can I help you today? Or that homeless veteran that you see on the corner. Yeah, and I know you pass him every day. And I know you're like, oh, man, you know, I'm just going to ignore him because he says homeless and veteran. And, if, and I'm just going to keep walking because I'm better than him. No, no, no. This is how you make America great again. You stop at the stoplight and you say, hey, brother, how do I help you? How can I make you successful? Do you need a job? Do you need $5? Don't judge him and say he's going to get those $5 and shoot him up on heroin. No, no, no. Don't judge him on that. Just help him out because at the end of the day, it's about you and your actions and what you did for that one person or that one uh, veteran that is in need out there. There's so much things you could do instead of you focusing on the stupid square box and saying, oh, oh, you're a Nazi, oh, you're a racist, you're all right, you're Pepper the Frog. No, you idiots. You are literally the worst of this country if all you can do when somebody disagrees with you, it calls them Pepper the Frog and calls them racist or, or, or feminist or, or something else. You are literally the cockroach I hate the most. It, just, it takes a lot for me to hate somebody. It's just we need to start getting out of our way and say, you know what, uh, Kate, what do you need from me? All right, you need a couple of shares? You need me to send people to your website? Done. All right, Caleb, what do you need? You need this? Okay, done. We've become these selfish idiots that don't care for nobody else. We need to start giving back. And how do we give back? By becoming this giving, this God-loving person and says, you know what? How can I help my fellow American? And, and I think us in the college world are seeing it. You know, I saw this flyer in a in a in a I got a lot of tips of people so I could do a couple of stories. And I saw this one, it was fascinating. This yeah, this high school flyer says, Straight Pride. Uh, celebrate Straight Pride Day. And I was like, huh, this is really interesting. And all it said at the end of the thing, and believe me, the superintendent came on and said, Oh, we don't want to offend people. Let's create a safe space for them, a safe space. Idiots. 
But at the end of the at the end of the of the flyer, he said, "You know what? I don't care who you married. I don't care who you're in love with. Just don't shove it down my face. You go, do you do, and I do me, and we all could be better." I think if we just stop with the divideness, and this is how you do it, you just come along and do those those hard hitting. One of the uh, I, I, this reminds me of what Kay said. He said one of the things he's scared of is this whole protesting, getting all out of control, and this Berkeley stuff. I have a fix for that. Here's how you do it. You become that person that sits on the floor, and I know, like a hippie, and just starts speaking the truth. One of the things I've learned in the 26 years of my life is that the truth will set you free. And when you start standing on the truth and you start pointing out the hypocrisy in a good way, do not become this freaking rampage Trump supporter. And no, no, no. You nice and calmly. Because if you're a Christian, you know that Jesus always spoke through the whispers. God was, Jesus was never this, oh, are you going to do this? No. He always sp spoke through the whispers. And he always spoke nice and calmly. And you always bring him down to that level. If they're like in 10 de uh, decibel, you bring it to 2 decibel. And you start speaking your mind. And this is why people like myself, and, and I had this conversation with Tommy Laren. A, a lot of conversations with Tommy Laren were if we just know our facts and you know your principles. Okay, so I stand on this principle. This is my cornerstone. God helps me here. I get my values from here. I see this person as a mentor. If we just do that, oh my God. Not only are you going to help yourself personally, but you literally help your fellow men. And always remember, always starts from the bottom up. It never starts from the top down. Nothing starts from the top down. It always starts from the bottom up. You as a person, you, you make a, oh, but I want to change the world. You're never going to do that. Sorry, buddy. You're never going to change the world. This is how you change the world. You start at your home. Because if your home is divided, and I mean the four walls that you're in right now, wherever you listen to this podcast, if your home is divided, you're screwed because you already have a weak link. Your house is divided. So this is what you do. You fix your house. You forgive all those people. Don't forget. Just forgive. And you help them out. Then you just move a little bit further into your neighborhood. Then you create this coalition of helping people out. Guess what? Good things are addicting. When people see you do good things, they're gonna they want to feel good inside as well, and they're like, oh, let me join Cade at this thing in Florida, or let me join Caleb at this thing wherever he lives in Ohio. I think he lives somewhere up there in the middle country. Oh, let me go help Chris. Out in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> we call that flyover country. Flyover country, exactly. Or let me go help Chris in Texas. You know, once we start doing those things, oh my God. Oh, I'm fired up already. I'm ready to get this podcast done because I'm going to go help, help somebody. But but this is where we are right now. We are right now. We're really on a critical point. And I'm going to sound real pastoral to you. I did take some classes to become a pastor. Um, but I'm going to sound real preachy to you guys. Is we have to do the things that we don't like and feel uncomfortable. And I mean by that, I mean helping each other. Because last time I checked, I haven't helped out each other and like, I haven't helped somebody, and I'm here talking about helping the veterans. And I haven't done that in like a month, so I'm a little preaching to myself as well. I'm not this perfect man. I live with my mistakes. I have my foul mouth, and I got. I'm some days I'm not very Christian-like, um, but that's how we make this America great again. It's not by a logo. It's not by a saying. It's not by this guy up there with a 
the biggest voice out there. No, it all starts with you. And one of the things I love about the conservative values and the conservative people, hopefully they don't lose that, is we hold each other uh, accountable for what we do. And that's one of the things, one of the reasons I'm doing the blaze is you're held responsible for whatever product you produce or you create. And at the end of the day, if you think about it, we're all responsible for what we do. So I say, go do and live your life and do not look up for government for things. Come on. That's a liberal thing. That's not a conservative thing. <laughs> so right. Chris just spent right. like 10, 15 minutes legitimately preaching directly to my soul. I, I agree with literally everything that was just said. Just seal of approval. Unfortunately, I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, Chris was able to wrap the show out quite well <laughs> and um uh, guys why don't you go ahead and give us your social media tags so that people can follow you on twitter and where wherever else you you are found at yeah okay so cool mine is real easy you go to twitter at rc underscore k-r-i-s or listen to me every single day monday to friday 6 a.m to 9 p.m through the blaze.com slash radio um i don't get this uh, emotional and very passionate on that because it's not my show. I just produce it and I just, I'm, a, I'm a psychic. But um, you could hear me, you know, throw some jokes around and, you know, work on this thing. But uh, theblaze.com slash radio or theblaze.com slash DLC, that's where all my writings are. And you can say hello at RC underscore K R I S. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is at Cade Marsh FL. That's spelled with a C, C A D E M A R S H F L. Um, if you guys are looking to get uh, more involved on college campuses and push back against some of that liberal nonsense um, that Chris was, Chris was uh, uh, speaking about just a minute ago, um, I encourage you to go join your, your nearest college Republican chapter federation. Um, you can go find more information at crnc.org. Um, it's uh, one of the greatest privileges I've ever had is, is working within the organization. And I would not be who I am without the work um, that I put in and the work that other people have put, put in to help develop me to where I am. So definitely something worth getting involved in. You can uh, listen next week to our special guest. We have, um, we'll be going international, uh, so to speak, because uh, we'll have a, a very special guest. Uh, his name is Ibrahim uh, Inoba. He is. Uh, he lives in Liberia, and he will. He is the outreach director from the African Liberty Organization for Development. Don't really know quite yet how we're going to go about this, but it'll be interesting. Hopefully, the the uh, the Wi-Fi will work on on both ends, so that way <laughs> that way we have a smooth uh, transition in the show. Uh, and of course, until next time, we'll see you then. <laughs>